listening to the Cosmic Peach podcast and tonight I have on MR Gorga who is the author of Demons Among Us which is a bestseller on Amazon if you haven't purchased the book wait till the end of the episode then go to Amazon and put it in your cart <laughs> but I'm very excited how are you tonight I am awesome how are you I'm good. I know we have a lot in common just based on listening to some episodes. But I first want to ask you, what led to you writing Demons Among Us? What's the backstory? Well, the reason why I wrote it was actually Demons Among Us is actually an answer to a string of assaults I was experiencing. uh, A demonic assaults in the middle of the night, say around three in the morning or whatever, the witching hour. And I would be waking up with, you know, cruel, invisible hands choking my neck. You know, they felt like iron. Um, chest pressings into the into the bed. Um, evil whisperings into my ears. Some kind of demonic language. Um, bitings, scratchings, and, and just uh, just a string of these nighttime assaults where I got, you know, I just got mad. And uh, Demons Among Us was the answer to those string of assaults because the last thing these dark forces wanted you to do is is to expose them or to be exposed. Uh, so in Demons Among Us, I basically ripped the veil off the paranormal to show what's happening. So I exposed their methods, their tactics, their um, uh, their ways, and um, I exposed that that whole realm. So um, you know, if you're gonna you're gonna attack me, I'm gonna attack back. Yeah. I said before we got started, I don't need to be convinced. I'm one of those people who have had the unfortunate circumstances to have experienced it myself. Yeah. So nothing about this is funny to me. I feel like it's super serious. And if this has happened to other people, like, I'm so sorry that, you know, things have led you to this point where you're listening to us talk about this or you want to read the book because you're confused about what's going on. Mm. And so I have a question for you. If somebody is thinking maybe a ghost, maybe they think it's, oh, well, I'm seeing visions of my dead loved ones. Or how can people differentiate between I'm seeing my passed away granny and I'm seeing a demon? Like, what are some sign signals what do you think? Well, I love this question because I, I actually had an experience uh, recently, and we can get into that in just a second. But um, many people who uh, you know see ghosts and, and things of like that, I always say that what you're seeing when you see a ghost is a demon in masquerade. 
Um, now, biblically, it says that the devil can transform himself into an angel of light, meaning he can transform himself into any form he wants. And I'm not just talking like one devil. I mean, there's there's hordes and hordes and, and millions. Basically, it's a, a governmental system um, that the demonic realm is. But um, so but, what, you know, at times I'm going to talk about the devil. It's it's one devil. But and also in a broad stroke, just so people don't get confused, like it's one one being running around the whole world. Right. right. Um, <laughs> so but yeah, so um, it, it is my belief that these are demons in disguise. Um, you know why they want to portray the form of an 18th century Victorian uh, hotel owner. I don't. <laughs> at times, I don't know. Yeah. Right. I don't know. But they, you know, they just want to distract and deceive, and that's part of part of their thing. Is they're they're highly deceptive and they're 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 skilled liars. Uh, they can show up as your dead grandmother um, and things of that nature, and and dead deceased relatives and. Um, and, and it's very, very hard to distinguish between the two, um, because it's very, it's absolutely precise in their deception, meaning that it will look, move, talk, smell, wear the exact clothes of your deceased loved one, whether it's a little child, a deceased grandmother, grandfather, father, mother, it is absolutely exact but know that it's appointed to die once and then the judgment which says you know you're you're you die once you're not coming back right and and so with that as the backdrop if this happens <laughs> it's a sure bet that it's most likely a demonic um a, a demonic deception and now i feel like i'm just going to break in and ask you this question because a lot of my listeners are going to be like, why didn't you ask him about this? I saw living loved ones mm-hmm. walking around, called to them. It wasn't them. Mm-hmm. And they would leave the room one way and the real person would come in from the other way. Yeah. And this wasn't just me seeing them. It was multiple of us who saw one of my cousins in particular and then my grandma would see me walking around the house i've never been able to explain it until i started looking into your work (laughs) right right well it works the same way they you know in order to assume a shape the person doesn't have to be dead um but it's just that they they tend to use a lot utilize that as well they could take on any form you know that living or dead so you know again like what you're seeing is a, a demonic deception mm-hmm. um i had a um a recent one of my most recent experiences um entailed my father he passed away not so long ago like last year and i was cleaning out his closet and while i was cleaning out his closet i came across uh my miami, miami hurricanes t-shirt um and an old sweater an old green sweater that was you know it was um you know it was worn it was just worn out and you know it must have been there since like the i don't know late 80s 90s or something it was just there a very very long time and um that night i went to bed um i sensed something into my room and i saw my my father walk in or standing there and 
the exact form of my father. Now, just to give the visual of my father, he really looked, he was, he was a short Italian guy. He really looked like uh, like a, a Danny DeVito's brother, it could have been. So just yeah. to give you that visual, he was, uh, you know, he was short and he was rotund and, you know, mm. and he, he looked a lot like Danny DeVito. And so you have that visual. So, so he comes into my room and he's wearing that, that worn out sweater. And instantly I know that this is not my father because he wouldn't be wearing that sweater, (laughs) but he was, (laughs) but he was holding the, he was also holding for some reason, the, the Miami hurricanes, uh, the green, a green t-shirt folded up for some reason. And and it starts moving towards my bed to come in and give me a, a hug while I'm laying down. And so he comes in for a hug and, and, and I, and I, and I know that at this point it's like, this is just, I feel the creepiness off coming off of the thing, you know, and uh, off of my, my, my father <laughs> mm-hmm. comes in for a hug. He gives it like a weird, you know, weird, awkward hug, pulls his head back and both sides of his face are melting off like 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 a cigarette paper like burning you know in ash and behind it um was this this skull with two gleaming yellow eyes like you know miniature suns and they're just beaming into me and the only way i can describe this what this skull looked like you know aside from the burning sides of my father's face was it was like there was depth into in its in its face like it almost looked like you were looking into outer space like there was no uh there was no end to looking through this thing it was really strange and so it it pulled its head back and that's what was it was trying to really freak me out Oh, I would have pleaded the blood of Jesus all over myself if that happened to me. <laughs> well, it's ran out. Well, that's what you do. I mean, because Jesus has given his followers just this indescribable supernatural power over demonic forces that are so far superior and stronger than, you know, physical human beings or you and I. But he's entrusted that power to us and we have to utilize it um, in order to um, overcome those principalities and powers dark powers uh but yeah so that was but if i didn't have so many um experiences i would have you know probably had a heart attack um but a i knew it was happening from the get-go because the sweater thing mm-hmm. the creepy weird vibe you know that usually these things they usually come with some off-putting vibe you know so i do have a question about another statement you had made about you had gotten down on your knees to pray for the first time and you heard this voice now i had like cold chills on the back of my neck listening to you describe the voice because my grandma used to say like when she would see me and i would talk and i it sounded like you know or i dance and i was like it's not always scary this voice no, it's not. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, popular perception is Hollywood has done a great job of um, uh, of making this demonic realm and, and demon beings and the devil into the image of 
the exact opposite of what it is. Um, and and what I mean by that is is this this voice that came behind me while I was in prayer. It was the first time I was probably ever in prayer. I had just um, accepted Jesus Christ. I had just became a believer uh, in God. And it was one of my first times I've ever prayed in my life. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was, I assumed I was supposed to get on my knees. And uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. I know absolutely nothing. It's day one. Right. And, uh, and so uh, I'm there and I'm on my knees and I, and I sense something enter into the room and, um, and I feel it's a presence and it's a dark presence and I feel it move up behind me, right behind my right ear. And so I'm in prayer and I, and I, I scrunched up my, my, uh, my shoulder to kind of, excuse me, shirk the thing away, whatever it was, you know, I didn't want to look back because I knew something was there. And, uh, and so then uh, immediately after the voice spoke and says, you may have gone to God, but you belong to me. I'm never going to let you go. Um, uh, you're, you're mine. Mm. Something to that, to that effect. But, you know, when people would think that, you know, it's this gravelly hoarse, monstery voice, it was the exact opposite. It was placid and silvery and even regal with an air of royalty to it. Um, but underneath that royal tone, you can sense this current or this undercurrent of evil. Like it was, it was, you knew it was there, but the words were so persuasive because of the power of this being. If it was Satan himself or Lucifer himself, I don't know. Or if it was another demon, uh, I don't know. Um, But the voice was very, very regal, very cunning and convincing and for a second you believe that <laughs> it's like well, oh, yeah, maybe I'm never going to get away that is why God gives us discernment Yes, because people are out here and will become your friend even mm-hmm. and you might like them but yep. there is a feeling inside of you that's like why can't I fully get on board like yes. there's that little thing that's like I I like them, but I don't. There's just that thing about them. I'm just, I'm not sure. That's yeah. discernment, people. Yeah, God also gives, a, you know, he also gives, aside from the supernatural power to dispel and cast out demons, he also gives you what's called, you know, di- discernment. It's discerning between good and evil. When in, you know, when you, when you get close to God, the sharper that thing gets. I remember first getting saved and I was going down the, uh, I was at a mall. I was going down the elevator, and um, I was with my one of my friends. And I was coming down the elevator, and this girl. I thought she was, she was, she was good looking. So I look at this girl, but then I just feel this punch in my, in my spirit, and it's like, and I just sensed witchcraft like all over her, mm-hmm. right? And and I was like, and I said to my my friend, I'm like, I'm like, did you feel that? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, wow. A few weeks ago, I probably would have had her phone number. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank God for discernment. No, yes. Actually, <laughs> thank God for discernment. Yep. And it's something that we have to use every single day. And the more you use it, the easier it will be for you to pick up on these subtle things. Yeah. And I did wonder if you could tell us about 
how beautiful things can appear and how Hollywood has made you look for ugly, weird, dark stuff when it's really like the pretty thing. Yes. Like, like, what did Lucifer look like? Can you tell us? Yes. Going back to the, you know, they, going back to Hollywood, they've really done a, you know, a bang up job of misconstruing the identity of, of, of devils and demons and Satan and Lucifer. Um, and it, as a fact, it, it's not a horned beast. He's not uh, Lucifer or Satan, the devil. He's not a, you know, a man in leotards and tights with a pitchfork and a, and a, and a tail uh, and a pointy beard. Um, he's not a, a horned monster and hairy and grotesque. In fact, it's the absolute exact opposite. In fact, the Bible says that uh, Satan or Lucifer was the most beautiful creation or, or angel God had ever created. And uh, in his physical form was built into his body um, all kinds of jewels, meaning rubies, sapphire, gold, diamond, beryl, onyx, um, and, and a host of other shimmering jewels so his form himself was this 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 shimmering heavenly spectacle so when he moved every movement was like this dazzling display because in the you know emanating in the light of god all these facets would have been you know shooting off all you know every with every move and so you know and that's why they call him uh light bearer you know, or, you know, light, light bearer, light bringer, or, you know, he was just shimmering and dazzling light. And not only that, he had, um, he was a covering cherub, meaning that he, he was a guardian of God's throne. So he got the closest you can get to God without, you know, being incinerated. And so he had this role where he would walk in the midst of, of God, um, and, you know, and, and, uh, cover the throne and not only that um it says that in his body along with all of those dazzling jewels was also uh, musical instruments meaning it says that pipes and timbrels were in your form these these denote musical instruments so it was thought that or it's it's thought that he was the heavenly choir leader and so not only when he moved was he emanating all of this brilliant light but when he moved he was it was like an orchestra moving it was like an orchestra emanating out of him so not only was did satan play music or orchestrate music he was music so here's this heavenly being. So we can look at Lucifer like this dazzling heavenly rock star with all the power, all the influence, all the intellect, um, and all of the influence because he was able to draw one third of the angels to his cause to try to overthrow the throne of God in heaven. And so, um, so that's how influential and cunning he is, um, was to be able to take a third of the angels and actually influence or inspire them to come to his side or come to his cause. So his argument, 
his level of argument and deception in in his argument is at a skill you know few could few could ever attain and so this is the exact opposite of what hollywood portrays you're never going to see the most beautiful being ever ever you know put on film as as satan or lucifer and that's another thing lucifer himself was his name that's his angel name um satan describes his character which means um supplanter adversary and uh basically an, an enemy you know um it's a title it's a title correct yeah so lucifer is his name and satan is his title now so do you think the fallen angels they believed that he was just as great as god well he convinced them of that he would have had to because <laughs> you know right. you know he would have he would have had to in order to to concoct such a crazy <laughs> Mm-hmm. scheme to overtake the the almighty omnipotent all-knowing all-powerful god <laughs> right. so but what satan forgot or what lucifer forgot was he was the creation not the creator mm-hmm. there is a story when moses went up on mount sinai to get mm-hmm. the tablets yes and it says that he was able to look at God mm-hmm. or something close to that. Maybe right. he saw, he saw the, um, he saw the back of cloak him. or something like yeah. this, a piece of his hymn and his face was so bright. Yes. That he had to put a veil over his face. Yes. Because yes. people couldn't even look at him. Now yes. you think about that in terms of, of Lucifer. Yeah. And the whole dark demon, pitchfork horns it's almost to mislead you into thinking that's what you should be looking for and anything else would obviously be something good right yeah well you know it's true i mean but evil itself how evil functions is it it usually uh it always comes in the form of good and there's a something i said in the in the book is uh there's silver hooks in those purple plums you know, or, you know, it's equivalent to a razor blade in a shiny red apple, right? So it's like, that's how Satan operates. That's how these forces operate. They make it look like or appear as good, draw you in or whatever. And then, you know, and that can come as a cause, that can come as an ideology, that can come as, um, you know, just in the form of someone you think is beautiful or good looking or influential and you know and so there's this there's this nice looking wrapper around this rot (laughs) inside yeah yeah so could you tell us about how certain things can have like attachments on them like suicide that's a demon those kind of thoughts like yeah there's literally like demons set aside for these specific purposes yeah i mean what many people don't realize um what are demons or demon spirits uh demons are also spirit beings so we can look at these things as also um spiritual uh spiritual beings now all of these spirit beings and all these fallen angels they have names but we can better recognize them 
um, by their role or their function of what they do. And so what I try to expose in the book is some of the some of the the top um, spirits operating in the spirit realm around people's lives without them even knowing that it's an influence of evil or of darkness. And one of those is um, the spirit of fear. Um, you can see that everywhere. You saw that during the no greater example in my existence than that the, that pandemic. And um, so we had this spirit of fear operating at a very high level. And then there's also uh, spirits of suicide and spirits of anxiety and depression is a biggie. Um, and so all of these things, and they can work in tandem as well. So they can, you know, kind of tag team, and, you know, and, um, and in order to destroy an individual's life. Um, and so we have these things operating and functioning in this unseen realm that many have not even thought of as being a spirit. And, and those are just a few of them. I also talk about um, pharmacoi, pharmakia in, in the Greek. It's where we get our word pharmaceutical from. That word actually means sorceries in the Greek. And so it's that um, spirit. I also talk about the spirit of pornea, where we get our word pornography from. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I speak about these things in Demons Among Us. Uh, because never, not everyone uh, is would be able to see or recognize or know that these there's um there's forces behind these things, and these are spirit beings, and that's what I try to um, that's why I try to um, open the people's eyes, uh, open people's eyes with the book, um, and exposing them as demonic powers. Yeah, and I think when you go to a psychiatrist, let's just say. Mm-hmm. you're having some dark thoughts what is the first thing they want to do to you is put you on some kind of a medication right? yes yes you never ever deal with what the real problem is why right. are you thinking about killing yourself right right and look at the word advil okay it's in the name mm-hmm. a devil okay if you got a headache <laughs> Why don't you pop a devil? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Never saw that. All right. Uh, I'll take it. it. In plain sight, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, I guess maybe devil devilos were taken or something or, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one might be a little too obvious. It's It's really... I think that when people have these dark thoughts, let's just say that they've been thinking about hurting themselves or hurting another person. And it always has like a start in something. Like you go back to all these serial killers, Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. They all were super addicted to porn. They said they just Mm -hmm. couldn't get enough. It just wasn't doing it for them. So they had to go up the ladder. Murder. Or really it was like rape then murder mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. so yep. and then both of them jeffrey dahmer and ted bundy that wasn't even enough for him they had to right. go back and do like the necrophilia stuff yeah it just goes deeper and darker because there's you know there's no there's no end to the depths of of evil and satan 
Uh, it always takes a more grotesque or brutal form. Um, you know, and I, I, uh, I actually talk about in the book, I, 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 um, I convey three stories, but one of the stories is a story about a 12 year old kid who, uh, killed his grandparents one night with a shotgun, walks up the stairs, blows them away in their sleep, takes their car, takes it on a joy ride. And then like, I can't remember if he burned the truck or the house or whatever he did, but he just, you know, he just went, you know, crazy. And the, the issue was, is that he was just recently put on one of those antidepressant medications. And he said this, he said, and Corey goes, well, why did you do this? And he said, well, I was hearing voices. He says, well, what were the voices telling you to do? And he said, kill. And then he said that they were coming in like rapid fire, like kill, 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 kill. And he said the only way to make this stop, this, this voice stop, or to stop this command was to do what the voices were telling him to do. Now in the book, I make this ancient connection, um, the connection between today's opioids and ancient mysticism uh, in ancient you know, pagan religions, what they would use in order to conjure spirits or hear the voices was that they would uh, use poppy, they would use opium. And so, and it was an ancient form of, you know, it was used in rituals. It was used in witchcraft and sorcery and ritualistic sex. And, and it was used also to conjure, to try to tap into this spiritual dimension, to open the conscience, to receive dictation from the spirit realm. Now, the connection between this ancient form of ancient uh, religion in today's pharmaceutical is the opioid, it's the poppy, it's the opioid, whether it's synthetic or the real thing. I believe that this drug has a power to open up that realm of the subconscious and is allowing in people to actually hear these voices. And what I say is what you're seeing is like you're, these people are not crazy. Many, many are not crazy um, for for hearing these voices because this stuff is opening them up. And um, I think there's a room for psychi- psychiatrics and, and of that nature. But I think that we're trying to tackle a supernatural or spiritual condition and trying to remedy it with natural means. And it's never going to happen. I believe it's time that we start taking these things a little bit more seriously than we have in the past. Absolutely. Because what they want to do is lock these people up somewhere, yeah. put them in a padded room mm-hmm. and say it's all in their head. They're right. kooks and right. they're. Right. Jesus has the power to heal that. Jesus had the power to, to heal that demoniac with 2000 spirits in him. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's power, there's power in Jesus. Um, and, but we're just throwing them on these medications and it's numbing them that they can't even sense God. Oh, That's a demonic so issue. Numb. You can't even feel like the most simplest things like an appetite. Nope. And what does that do? You, you don't eat. You just are in a daze, like you have no mm-hmm. emotion whatsoever. Right. So how can you connect with God or how can you connect with anything when you're totally, completely, 100% numb to yep. everything? Yep. And That's true. Would you consider yourself like you're a demonologist? 
you know, <laughs> I have no, you know what? I'm so, I don't consider myself, uh, people are starting to call me that. Uh, I don't consider myself that. I just consider myself um, someone who's experienced uh, these demonic um, activities at a very high level. And uh, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ who's out to expose these kinds of works. And you're like an experienced researcher because you've seen it firsthand and you're bringing it to the forefront, which I love. I would, you know, consider myself like an experienced researcher, even though I'm not an author. But I will say someone who did claim to be a demonologist would have been Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. Familiar. Yes. Are you familiar with the case of Arnie Johnson? Um, Enlighten me, please. Okay, so this was the case that was like dubbed the devil on trial. And basically this man murdered his landlord, stabbed him like 57 times. Mm. And he said, the devil made me do it. Mm -hmm. And what they went back and found out is he participated in helping an exorcism of his fiance's little brother. And he, I guess he grabbed that little boy's face and he said, take me on but leave this little boy alone and then it was like a few weeks later he stabbed his landlord to death and they would not take possession as like a valid defense so he went to jail wow yeah that's that's an intense story to say the least yeah mm-hmm. i mean like again it's it's time to start taking this stuff seriously not everything that happens is of natural origin we are surrounded um, by a spiritual, unseen, um, you know, spiritual world. You know, it's kind of like looking at the top of the ocean and not seeing any fish or shark or anything in that of, in the ocean because you're just looking at the ocean. But you plunge inside the ocean and there's a whole world operating under there. Well, that's what it's like in the, you know, in the spirit realm. There's a whole world going on behind that veil. And it's influencing society and it's influencing individual lives. It's individual, it's influencing our friends and family members and people who, you know, and it's just, it's influencing people everywhere and people don't, they're not recognizing that there's a spiritual dimension at play. Yeah. And another thing that you had said was about, and I don't want to be like a hypocrite, I love talking about UFOs and aliens. I have a conspiracy theory podcast, so this topic is popular. Uh huh. What do you think they are? Um, wh- what aliens? Aliens, UFOs. Oh, aliens. okay, yeah, yeah. No, again, it's you know, it's to me, it's it's all uh, a demonic deception. I, I think what we're gonna see is, um, I honestly believe um, that we are entering or have entered the last of the last days um where we are in that timeline i don't know but i can tell you this that 2000 years ago uh the prophet john on the isle of patmos talked about and wrote about the mark of the beast that's something that was going to go into the palms of people's hands and they weren't going to be able to either and in their head right um they were not going to be able to buy or sell um, or, um, you know, anything 
without using whatever this mark is in the palm of the hand. So it's an economic system. It's an electronic economic system that he was seeing. Um, and I just saw a news report the other day that, you know, there's, you know, the guy was like, you know, using stuff to pay for it. And so call that a coincidence, how someone could see that from 2000 years. And now it's happening exactly as the Bible predicted it was going to, to happen. Um, so to me, we are at, you know, I don't know where we're at in the timeline or in the scheme of things, but I believe that we're, we're really careening towards the, the last of the last days. And, um, as we go further into these last times, there's going to be an, there's going to be an uptick in demonic deception. And so you're going to see false Christs. You're going to see false prophets. You're going to see false miracles that look like real miracles. And you're going to see, um, like it says, as the days of Noah were, um, so will the coming of the son of man be meaning the return of Jesus Christ be. So when, the earth was was judged in the times of Noah at Noah's flood. It wasn't a children's story to save animals. It was God's design to kill evil within humanity. Sodom and Gomorrah. And so, but what was happening was is because angels or fallen beings were were uh, having sex with human uh, women. And they were creating what was called the Nephilim. These were the giants and they were evil continually. So that was part of the reason why God had to flood and destroy the world the, the, from evil. He had to rid the world of its evil. Um, and so he did away with that. You know, he was, it, there was, uh, you know, a, they were like halflings. They were half, mm-hmm. half angel half human you know and and is demonic being yeah um you know half breed and so i believe what we're seeing now is thought are these nephilim disguised as alien beings and so i think this is all demonic deception i think they could take any form they want and I think that what you see is when you see all these UFOs in the sky is basically like a demonic firework display that mm-hmm. it's just to blow your mind. Yeah. That's, so, that's my belief. Do you believe because the way I was raised and my grandpa was a preacher, he built a church. I lived in the church really mm-hmm. until he passed away. The church was sold, but I've always had, and my mom used to say, if you bring them up right, they'll never, you know, they'll always come back. That so, That's right. yeah. I had these core teachings, core values mm-hmm. that I still have. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find out till I was older that not everyone believes in the rapture. Mm-hmm. So, when my mom used to talk about the last days we are in the last days and she'd say you know it'll be like that Mm -hmm. and he'll come back you'll be gone as quick as the lightning flashes from the east to the west Mm -hmm. you're gone you're taken up right is this your belief um uh well the bible what you're talking about is like being caught up in the twinkling of an eye right and um the, the the term 
rapture actually never really um appears in the bible but it's like you know it's it's like rap two is the is the greek is a snatching away um it is my belief to be ready in jesus for whatever happens whether we go through stuff or don't go through stuff be ready right so mm-hmm. that's that's one thing but it is my belief uh from from my understanding of the word of god is that um when you look at uh the book of daniel it says that the antichrist makes war with the saints and overcomes them and so there's going to come a time where there's going to be a people of believers go through the worst thing imaginable that's ever taken place on the planet and somebody's going through it yeah because they're beheaded for their testimony of Jesus Christ so for me to believe that we're just going to get you know magically taken out of suffering i don't see that and i will say i had bad dreams as a kid that i got left behind <laughs> and then there was that movie called left behind, left behind. yeah and um it's one of those things and I always call it a come to Jesus moment, but like if you've seen a demon, if you've been through some really negative stuff or some really petrifying stuff, mm-hmm. you will realize that is just as real as the bad stuff is. Mm-hmm. Then you have Jesus. <laughs> they love to believe in ghosts. Love yeah, it. they they love to believe in everything but the but the truth, right? And so, mm-hmm. but I think this though, you know, I'm not going to condemn anybody, you know, everybody. I'm not going to throw the whole baby out with the bathwater. But I think mm-hmm. many many people who are interested in this this realm of the paranormal is they're really searching. Yeah, and what you're actually searching for, it's at the end of that search, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. So you're searching for something. And what the heart needs and what the heart and the soul and the spirit is longing for is that connection back to God. And it's, you know, Jesus who mends that marred relationship between humanity, people like me and you, connects us back to God. That's what Jesus came for, to seek and save that what was lost. He was the only one who can, um, can redeem us back to the father through his sacrifice right so but i believe that it's many people uh, get into this because they're looking for something and they're searching for something and i'm telling you the answer is jesus mm-hmm. you know and it's like it's you know the bible warns against um tapping into occultic things and it was talking about warning against using those uh the use of palm reading and spiritism and necromancing, calling up the dead, um, uh, and, and all these other forms, you know, seeking, you know, seeking wizards and witches, uh, soothsayers, um, sorceries. And it says, all these things are an abomination to the Lord. You're not to do them, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why they're an abomination to the Lord is because he knows how much damage it will do to the human to the to the individual because he doesn't want you to be you know completely decimated and destroyed by these dark powers that's why it's an abomination doesn't want you like just you know he knows what's going to happen when you do with these things you're opening yourself up 
to by utilizing these things, you know, Ouija boards and tarot cards and palm readers and spiritists, what you're actually doing is you're opening up this spirit realm and you're inviting these things into your life. So when there's a takeover or a harassment or a demonic oppression on your life and you try to get this thing out, the demons will say, well, I belong here. I was invited. And that was the invite. That's the door. So what you're doing is you're opening up this this spiritual doorway for demonic influence. That's what these that's what these things do. Yeah. You know what it's it reminds me of is the vampire thing. You have to invite them in. It's exactly what it's like. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. it's gonna sound so absolutely stupid, but the way that you were describing Lucifer, did you ever watch the movie Twilight? Yeah, of course. So it was Lucifer great. <laughs> looks like Edward Cullen in the sun. Yeah, it's like Edward. Yeah, Edward was pretty shiny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and even in the book, maybe she was trying to tell us something without telling us something, because even in the know. book, she says vampire skin in the sunlight looks like crushed diamonds, and then yeah. he is a vampire. Yeah. And then it goes back to the whole, you have to welcome him in. And this is so stupid, but I mean, there is a lot of truth in movies. Yeah. Edward says like, I was made like this. So everything about me is appealing to you. The way I look, the way I smell, the way my voice sounds. Yeah. And he says, the lion fell in love with the lamb and he uses a biblical reference yeah. reference Bella as the lamb. And she had to know something. Yeah. Right. That is so specific. Yeah. People don't usually write in a vacuum. Um, you know, everything I write is very calculated. Um, and you know, it comes from a well of, of, of knowledge or, you know, or research. So she knew something something unless it was just a you know just a channel and again like people are influenced by these things without knowing that and sometimes this stuff gets through but it sounds like she might have known something well the cover of that book was um it was two hands like this holding a red apple yeah yeah of the knowledge of good and evil <laughs> right That's I mean, right. i'm just i'm just literally thinking yeah she probably knew something and and you know the original dracula um in the book um he's a he's a demon he's a demon spirit like he's a you know he's a he's a demon and that's why like van helsing is called on to you know kill this demon but dracula the original dracula was a demon and there was like none of the devil Right, exactly. So the 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 if you haven't read the original Dracula in a long I've time or ever have read Stokers, <laughs> no, you have to read the book. It's okay. unbelievable. It's still one of the best books today, <laughs> and and it's the 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 thing of good and evil. You know the trope, the good and evil trope, right? And uh, it's you know it's 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 Christian in nature because there mm-hmm. you start reading some of this stuff and you're like this guy knows he's got to know something. <laughs> I know. Right? It's so, weird. Yeah, I mean, and it's 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 a phenomenal book even to this day. Yeah. 
I believe that I've made a case before that I think vampires could be real. I think the, these elite people who they do drink blood and, and shit like that. I think they really do this. Okay. Yeah. Whether they live for a really long time. I mean, look at the queen. They probably just uploaded her consciousness into like another like avatar. Who knows? But I do think that vampires could be real. I think that they're demonic. And I think that they've twisted it into making us think that vampires is so stupid, goofy. Like, that's all fake. But is it, though? Because they've been known to come out and say some very suspect statements like Megan Fox. Oh, we drink each other's blood. No big deal. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, and you, you do, you have um, people at a high level um, functioning and a high level of uh, um, de- de- demonism, um, Satanism. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll just give an example of how these dark forces and how the government of if we can look at um, we can look at this realm as like a governmental realm, okay? So there's two governments. You got the governments of God and the principles of God, and you've got the governments of of Satan and evil, and the principles of you know principles of evil and of uh, demons and Satan, right? So if you can look at this realm, this unseen realm of these dark forces as influencer marketing. Um, meaning that, you know, we all know or we know what you, um, what influencer marketing is, is you take an influential person, right? He's got 6 million followers on Instagram and you put a product in his hand and say, this is the, the best thing ever. Now everybody go out and, and buy it and, and do it. And so you have 6 million minions, you know, all, you know, all be, all jumping on board just because this main influencer you know, told them to to go get this this thing, this product, or whatever, right? Now, if I was a very smart devil, which he is, who would I go after? Who would I try to? Who would I try to influence? So, so you think about this. I would influence presidents. I would influence heads of state, national leaders, judges, magistrates, rock stars, musicians top entertainers, talk show hosts, news people, and anybody who has influence, I would try to in in um, my I put my ideologies within them and disseminate them that way to the masses. And that's how it works. And it's the whole thing of no idols before me. And that's all we do is idolatry. Yeah, we we practice so much idolatry, we don't even know what is idolatry. Oh, I said it to somebody the other day, and they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said graven images to somebody the other day, and they didn't know what I was talking about. And I was like, oh, shit. Right, no clue. Well, you know, uh, people, we are in the most biblically illiterate society that's probably ever roamed the earth. Um, um, Well, before the Bible was you know right. the bible right yeah. but um the most god illiterate uh god hating um and uh illiterate uh, society um in existence uh, ever in existence i think i mean um 
most people just don't they name me name me name me five of the ten commandments name me three of them mm-hmm. right <laughs> Well, they'll, okay. So, you know what the thing is about the Ten Commandments is they know the biggies, right? Don't steal, don't murder, don't cheat right. on your wife, don't overeat at Thanksgiving. They know all of those, okay? <laughs> yeah. They still do this stuff, okay? They don't right. want to know them because they know that they're breaking almost literally every single one of them. Right. Well, it's so, a law, it's a, it's a mirror. So, if you were to look into these things, it's a mirror that shines the light on the human heart. To say, hey, this is, I'm doing these things. I'm not right with God. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, but um, but but yeah. I mean, we live in. And this is part of the reason of what you're seeing. This insanity is um, the lack of God, or the pushing out of God, or even the retreating of God off of a nation. And when you take the one who gives sanity out of a nation, you have insanity yeah and i also think that just as a nation we've been caught with our pants down because we have no spiritual foundation anymore nope so it's easy to let these kind of things come in when you have no grounds to really stand on no firm grounds to stand on yeah and i i heard this theory one time and you can tell me, you know, if it's stupid or whatever, but it did kind of interest me because they said the God of the Old Testament is not the God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament, Elohim, was actually a demon. And the God of the New Testament is what we would consider to be like our creator. What do you think about that? I and the Father are one. So Jesus said, you can't take one away from the other. I do the works my father tells me to do, or I do the works of my father. Mm -hmm. So we are, you know, just as, uh, what does he say? Again, I I and the father are one. They're inseparable. They're inseparable. Yeah, I don't think they're talking about Jesus necessarily, but they're talking about like, like the God who made Abraham go up the mountain with Isaac mm-hmm. is a demon and they reference him as the Elohim mm-hmm. and the God who sent Jesus in the New Testament is our creator God well that doesn't make any they sense separate the two well because okay, so first of all that doesn't doesn't make any sense because it's like the the God of the Bible had always um <laughs> always warranted a sacrifice for you know for sin and obedience and the right and he provided the ram and i believe even at that scene was the the angel of the lord was there now this gets into a whole other subject but to me the angel of the lord is a is the pre-incarnate christ because when men when men bent down to worship angels the angel would say get up don't worship me right but when they, 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 um, when they they bow down to the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord accepts the worship, and he accepts the, you know, and he accepts the the offerings and the and you know. So, to me, the angel of the Lord in the in, of the Old Testament is Jesus Christ unrevealed. 
and in the New Testament, it's Jesus Christ revealed. Okay. So, you know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, again, uh, I don't know who, who's saying this, but it sounds like they're very biblically illiterate. I would say get right with God and let him show <laughs> yeah. you. You know, it's time It's time to start stop messing around and, and start getting back to um, the believers and the army and the soldiers with all the, you know, uh, the, the, the reverence and the fear and the power and the demonstration. We need to get back to um, the ancient of days. We need to get back to um, being real sold out believers, not for show or entertainment. We have to, we have to get back to being um, the believers that the Lord has expect us to be because he paid a high price for us to be that. Yes, absolutely. And as one of my closing questions, I wanted to ask you, do you think that we could be walking around with demons and not even know it? Like at work, at the gym, of course, grocery store, demons yeah. among us, literally. Yeah. Yeah. That's- yeah, that's why it's called demons among us, because it's like <laughs> they're among us and they're everywhere. And they, you know, they just don't operate in the cosmos or on the earth. They need people to to work through. And so these these spirits and these demons will work through other people. And so and they're whether unknowingly or knowingly, um, they are influenced by them. It helps it aids in influencing their decisions, their path, um, their lifestyles, um, and in all unknowingly. Most most cases all unknowingly. Before I before I became a believer, I walked under the principles of Satan and his demonic dark forces unknowingly. But it took the scales coming off of my eyes to see as it really was happening. Um, and so uh, we, we have to have these scales taken off our eyes in order to see clearly there are truly demons among us uh, everywhere. And you can't, and so you're not so easily led astray. Right. That's right. So I told everyone to go ahead at the end of this episode and put your book in their Amazon cart. Yes. But is this the only place where they can get your book? Do you have a website? Where can people reach out to you? Um, well, yeah, right now you can get it on uh, on Amazon. I have the Kindle version right now is available for under four bucks, just three seventy seven. Um, well, I don't know when this is going to air, but as of this interview, it is that. <laughs> the timing of this interview it's at 377 and um so there's kindle available and there's the print version available on amazon um uh, in the coming in the coming weeks i'll have it available on other platforms Uh, but for right now you get it on amazon exclusively and um, you can find me on instagram at m.r.gorga and on facebook at mrgorga all right. And can anybody reach out to you, even if they've seen, think they've seen a demon, a ghost, like they just want to get your thoughts, feelings? Yeah, right? I get that a lot. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, feel free. I mean, I get all kinds of stuff. I get people asking me to pray for them because of being, you know, uh, there's a, I have a demon. Uh, please pray for me. Um, you know, I'm seeing these types of things. Can you, can you please pray for me? And so I get this stuff all the time. I, I don't think that's just, um, you know, I, I look at this as, as part of, part of ministry as well. So, and that's just, you know, and that's just part of it. I mean, I really opened up, I really wrote this book to, to open up people and to help people understand and see, um, 
what was for, you know, functioning and operating around their lives. So when they come back to me and they, they ask me to pray for them and stuff, I, I do, I always, I, I always pray for them. So I read the comments, I, I see what's going on and I, I pray for these people for sure. So yeah, I, I won't think do you're you crazy. Feel like, <laughs> well, good. There needs to be 15,000 more of you, but <laughs> did you feel like you had an overall positive response to the book? That was the surprising part of writing, uh, of writing Demons Among Us is <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking people are going to think I'm absolutely out of my mind. Right? People yeah. are going to think I'm crazy. And then when I wrote the book and I put it out there and I you know, started doing all, started doing the interviews and everything like that, the response that I got was the absolute opposite. People were like, well, I have this story too. And this has happened to me. And I was a kid and this happened. So I really think that it's this vehicle that's allowing people to uh, feel comfortable enough to open up and to say, you know, I've had these experiences. What are they? You know, because mm-hmm. people don't understand what they are. Right. And so, and, and the book is helping, you know, helping people to see that. And in fact, even my own mother, after reading the book, she's like, you know, I had an experience as a little girl. And I said, what? She goes, yeah. And so she proceeded to tell me the story. And I'm like, what? Uh, why have you never said anything? So she was How holding this secret. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all these years. And I said, why have you never said anything? She's like, I don't know. Just never thought to you know, tell anybody or whatever. And told the book, you know, made her feel comfortable enough to, to share her story. So I being one crazy. of them, because, you know, until I started the podcast, I didn't really talk about it because it is, of course, a situation where you don't know what the other person's response is going to be to you. And you'd rather just not know. <laughs> You'll yeah. just keep it buried yeah. than to tell someone. So yeah. I think what you're doing is amazing. Thank you. I think, you know, I'm very thankful you agreed to come on. I was very excited to meet you. <laughs> and <laughs> you did thank not you. disappoint even one little bit. So thank you so, so much. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. And I hope everyone goes and gets your book and finds you and asks you questions to get clarity. But um, yeah, thank you so much for being on. And to all my listeners, we will see you on the next one.